good evening, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Drunk Agile. As always, uh, I am your host, Daniel Vacanti, with my friend and colleague, Malik Singh, and the star of the show. <laughs> I mean, you our... can see that you can see that she has half her bed that she's not lying on, and her head is down on the floor. It was fascinating. It always looked like she's already had a few too many. You know, yeah, she's she like, will. oh. Stop yeah. the earth spinning, right? Yeah, she's, um, she's, she's the mascot. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's Nisha. Thanks for, for joining us, Nisha, there. Um, and thanks to all of you for, for joining tonight. Special episode. Well, I guess they're all special. Um, but tonight we're going to write a whole bunch of wrongs as pertains to something called Little's Law. A lot of you out there have probably heard of Little's Law. A lot of you out there have probably read some things on Little's Law, all of which that you've read and heard, probably wrong. Um, so let's, let's fix some of those myths, some of those misconceptions, uh, and let's, let's talk why it's useful and potentially more importantly, why it may not be as useful as you might think it is or you have been led to believe. But before we get into that, tradition dictates that we talk about what we're drinking tonight. So Pratik, do you want to start us off? I have been Abelar. But not, and it is 59.9% non chill filtered sherry cask. Oloroso sherry. Cool. Um, I have gone back to uh, the 18 year old Dalmore single mm -hmm. cask, um, single malt, single cask, obviously, but uh, this is 51.7%. It's a, it's a sherry cask. It just says sherry wood. It doesn't say what, what kind of sherry. Um, but uh, yeah, um, that's that. Yeah. Neat as always. So cheers, everybody. And um, hope you have your, your favorite whiskey with you. All right, Little's, Little's Law, yeah. Little's is, it, is everything okay? Do you, is there something floating in your whiskey or something? Oh, no, like no, 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 no. Well, it's just such a pretty color. Um, but yeah, this is this is this is this 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 might be one of those where I stay quiet most of the time. I doubt it because I was just going to invite you to start off. Why don't you? Why don't you kick us off? And what what do we want to say about about Little's Law? I mean, I guess we probably should review it first for people who yeah. don't know. probably at least define what Little's Law is. Yeah, you 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 um, want to take a shot at that, or you want me to, to do that? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Little's, Little's Law was, um, it, it's actually, it's, it's a mathematical property relationship, I don't know what you would call it, um, that has been known for decades. It's been known in, in queuing theory and operations research for, for decades, 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 decades. In the early 60s, I want to say it was 1961, uh, a guy by the name of, of Dr. John Little came along and um, was the first one to provide a um, a rigorous proof for its true. It was kind of always understood that this thing existed, but no one had ever really proved it. Um, and so Little was the first one to, pro to, to provide that proof. I think it was first published in, in 1961. Wow, coming up on 50 years, that'll be 50 years yeah. of Little's Law next year. We should do something about that. Yeah. I believe Dr. Little's still alive too. But anyway, um, in, the original, in the original proof, in the original statement of Little's Law, and I hope I get this right, um, Little's, uh, um, uh, Dr. John Little stated it as the average length of a queue is equal to the average arrival rate 
times um, the average time in the queue. Yeah, you know how, how yeah. Um, and 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 it, it, he showed that it could be it could be generically applied, you know, to a single queue or to like a, an overall whole system made up of several queues, right? But you could treat the whole system essentially as a sing, as a single queue. So, the average. I want to make sure I stated that right because I'm not sure that I did. The average uh, the average length of a queue um, is equal to the average arrival rate of items to that queue times the average time in the queue. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I think the original statement was uh, L equals lambda W. Um, yep. You know, I, I think. Um, and it was it was you know this the the proof was was largely accepted um, and but it 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 morphed and evolved over the years and got expanded and applied to 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 many different contexts. One of those different contexts was operations management, um, which. Um, some of you may know is actually it's actually taking op operations research and applying it. It's like the pragmatic side of operations research. Forgive me for people who are operations managers. I know I'm murdering this, but that's where operations management is essentially pragmatic, the pragmatic application of this stuff. Uh, and one of the things that they looked at in operations management was um, was, was treating essentially manufacturing, you know, as as a queuing theory problem. So when they did that, there was a, there was a slight tweak. Uh, of Little's law, um, and they they changed it because in operations management, you 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 care more about what's coming out of the queue, right? When we talk about manufacturing, they care more about okay, what's actually being delivered to the customer rather than necessarily what's what's coming in the front of the factory, right? So they tweaked Little's law to um, to fit that perspective, if you will, um, and so they, they they changed the variables a little bit, but the the relationship essentially remained the same, um, and Little's law stated in, in more of an operations management perspective, from a more management, operations management perspective is um, average cycle time, which is the average time in process, uh, equals the average work in progress. So, you know, how much stuff we've got worked on uh, divided by average throughput, you know, how much stuff is, is coming out. So it's, it's essentially the same properties of the queue, again, just stated from a, a different perspective. Now the thing is, what's what's what what needs to be clear about this, and Dr. Little was one of the very first people to point this out, is while the relationship is still the same, that change in perspective necessitates some assumptions be in place for um, for the 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 theory to hold. In the first treatment of the the theory, I think all you needed was um, I think you just needed a stable system as as defined by by Little's law. And I think you just needed consistent units. I think that's really all you needed in the first one. But changing the perspective to throughput, there's a whole bunch of assumptions that need to be in place. And we'll talk about those assumptions in a second, but because I've rambled for way too long now, and you should, you should stop me whenever I do this. Um, but but if, we, if, we, if we think of, and hopefully maybe I'll put up a graphic or something, but if you think about Little's Law, average cycle time equals average work in progress divided by average throughput, and we're defining each of those variables in exactly the way that we talked about in a previous episode. Remember, um, at either last episode or the episode before, I can't remember which, we went through and we gave a fairly, I'm gonna use the word rigorous again, but I don't know if it was rigorous, but a fairly well, detailed- At least two sentences each. To us, I mean, it was, it was as, as rigorous as this can be. Yeah, um, yeah a definition of what each of those things are. So assuming you have those definitions in place, that's Little's Law. I'm going to stop talking. You add some value now because I'm talking too yeah. much. 
And, and, and the one thing that you've already mentioned, uh, the, one of the assumptions behind the law that you've already mentioned, and I will probably not mention it again, so it, we should do it as consistent units. We defined those three terms earlier, cycle time, throughput, web. Uh, but when we define them, we, especially for throughput, we said the unit could be items per unit of time, whatever that is. But the same unit that you're using for cycle time, that same per unit of time unit you should be using. It's basic, consistent unit, basic engineering, basic math, consistent units. You, and you, you'd think that would be obvious. Yeah. <laughs> that if we're measuring throughput in days, we should be measuring cycle time in days and vice versa. Yeah. But how many times you see people put story points in this equation? How many times you see people measure throughput in weeks, but cycle time in days? Time in days yeah. You know, we, we don't want to be, was it NASA that slammed the- um, Oh yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the Mars orbiter, yeah. The Mars orbiter right into the side of, of Mars because they weren't yeah. converting miles to kilometers or something like that. No, that's yeah. not us. Consistent, consistent units. That's, that's so crucially important. It's, it's funny how many people just kind of ignore that. That, that's, that's, again, we've already started down the path of assumptions, but that's the, that's the basic assumption. Um, frankly, after, if, if this is the first time you has, you're, you're hearing about this law, once you, I guess, get through this video and hopefully it makes sense based, based on our rambling, probably won't, you'll probably need to go do more reading about it. Once you see it, you'll see it everywhere. You will see little law happening in life, in every interaction, everywhere. It's, it's the number of whiskey bottles you have open, the longer they, the larger that number, the longer each of them will last. Yeah, in, in fact, um, interesting that's interesting you bring that up because Little used that as one of his examples in one of his proofs, uh, not whiskey, but wine specifically. And he was trying to figure out how long it might take him to get through uh, all the wine in his, his wine rack. Um, but he was using that more as a thought experiment, not, not necessarily as an application, because this, this is a nice segue into one of the misapplication of Little's Law. Um, and a lot of people will tell you that you can, because, I mean, obviously, let me, I'll take a step back. Because it's an equation, right? Because it's, you know, average cycle time equals average work in progress divided by average throughput. A lot of people think this is, you know, you know like F equals MA or E equals MC squared, right? Let's just start, let's start plugging numbers in. We're gonna start plugging numbers in and we're gonna get a result. And that's how, we're, that's how we're gonna start making forecasts around how long it should take us to get stuff done. How long should this item take to get through? How many things can we get done? How many people should we have in this project? Let's, let's start using Little's Law for forecasting. Because no, math. Because math. <laughs> maybe, that, that, maybe the title of our, our, our thing should be Drunk Agile because math. Because math, yeah. Um, because people do math. Yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 no. And Little is so clear on this. Dr. Little is so clear on this. You cannot use Little's law for forecasting. Well, I don't want to say you, for, for the, maybe those of you who English isn't your first language. Um, obviously you can, There's, there are no Little's law police that are gonna swoop down and arrest you for plugging numbers in, but that's not its intended use. Um, Hey, I don't know, Pratik, can you talk a little bit yeah, about what its we, real intended use is for? Or? Well, well we, we have, I, I am sure of the whatever number of episodes we've made already, at least half of them we've mentioned the flaw of averages. <laughs> so when you start doing this kind of using Little's Law to forecast the future, you're strictly falling into flaw of averages territory. 
there's a reason why every element that exists in Little's Law has average in it. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's, that's reason number one. Probably the biggest reason why you can't use Little's Law is because it is a relationship of averages. So even if we could plug in numbers and it would predict the future, the best it would do is predict the future on average. And again, the flaw of averages, for those of you who don't remember, plans based on average fail on average. Right? Um, bad, 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 bad way of thinking about it. The real we'll, intent. We'll, we'll get into a bunch of other reasons why it's bad because we have to talk about the assumptions. Yep. We only talked about a couple so far. Um, I think this is where you were going next, which is the real uh, use of Little's Law, at least in my opinion, is, is to understand your system. Right. Really it, understand what's happening. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the original intent of Little's Law was looking, looking backward, looking at historical data, looking over time, you know. Um, one of the powers of Little's Law was in contexts where it's really, 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 really hard to measure one of those three variables, or even if it's not hard to measure, maybe it's really, really expensive to measure one of those three variables. If we have two of them, then historically, looking backward over time, we would be able to calculate the third. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's, that's the real intent of, of Little's Law, as Pratik said. Um, to, to really kind of un understand your, your process from, from a historical perspective. The reason, the reason that it's always historical, the reason it's always looking backward is because, and we've mentioned this five times now, for Little's Law to be exact, and it is exact, by the way, it is, it is an exact relationship, but for it to be exact, there are five assumptions. There are five assumptions that have to be in play, in place, for the whole period of observation, the whole period of time that we're considering, all five ob observations have to be in place and Little's Law will be exact. And that's the primary reason why you can't use it for forecasting because it is impossible for us to forecast in the future which one of those assumptions are going to be violated, when they're gonna be violated and for how long. We don't know. And in the real world, in our real world, one or more of those assumptions will be violated. That's just yeah, how it, it works. It's almost, it's almost a given that they will be violated. Yeah. And as, as a quick proof, if anybody out there have, if you have your own data, and because see, this is, this is one of the things with knowledge work, you know, we're, we're, not, we're in a situation where it's actually really, really easy to measure our stuff. We really don't need Little's Law, right? Because it, it is easy to measure all those things. You want to measure cycle time, you want to measure work in progress, you want to measure throughput. That's, it's really, really easy. But here's what I would do as, as a challenge. Here's the Dan challenge. Take some historical data, you know, measure the cycle time, measure the work in progress, measure the throughput, plug them all into Little's Law and see if it comes out. And I'd be willing to bet Pratik's life that that equation will not come out the way that you expect it to. It won't be exact. And you might be saying there, well, why isn't it exact? And the reason it's not exact is because you have violated one or more of these assumptions. So let's, let's get into what these assumptions are, shall we? You want, you wanna, you wanna pick one? We could, we could do these at random. Um, oh. I don't know if you want to, do you know? Um, so we already talked about the consistent units. We already yeah. got, got took care of that one. That's number one. Consistent um, units, consistent yeah. units, consistent units. That's number one. You have to have that. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's probably, it's probably why most, uh, most universities offer a computer science degree as opposed to a computer engineering degree. Because of, <laughs> it's this whole engineering math thing. Okay, the other one, so this is, this is the, well, the other obvious, well, not so obvious, but what we did was in Little's Law, uh, as Dan mentioned earlier, we switched 
uh, arrival rate for departure rate. Right? We, we, we took what you, when we moved the formula around, we went to throughput, which is essentially departure rate. So that's, that's the other big one that um, the average arrival rate, because we're making that switch, the average arrival rate should be equal to the average departure rate. That's that, that is one general assumption that should hold in order for us to be able to flip that formula around and make it work. Absolutely, yeah, and that's, 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 that's potentially the most crucial one. Um, actually, maybe the second most crucial one, but it's the one that's, that's potentially easiest for us to, to influence. Mm -hmm. um, because this is, what's interesting is, this is one of the few places where a cumulative flow diagram is actually beneficial. Right? There aren't many. There aren't many. Don't get me wrong. Cumulative flow diagram, one of my favorite charts, probably my favorite chart. Um, but in, in so many contexts, it does more harm than good for all kinds of reasons that maybe we'll talk about. We should put that on the list. Yeah. Pros and cons yeah. of cumulative flow diagrams. Anyway, but, but one of the things is, you know, when you're looking at a cumulative flow diagram, you probably know this and I'm going to use my hands, um, is, you know, the, the top line on your... The top line in your cumulative flow diagram is uh, arrival rate. The bottom line is departure rate. Um, one way to know if you have arrivals that meet, the, you know, that match departures on your cumulative flow diagram is are those two lines parallel? Yeah. If you have a situation where they're doing this, they're wildly diverging, or they're doing this, they're wildly converging. Guess what? <laughs> you don't have a system where arrival rates, uh, average arrival rate meets average departure rate. Can't use Little's law. So one way, just qualitatively, just take a look at your cumulative flow diagram. Are those two lines parallel? If they are, we got a shot. Doesn't guarantee it, but we got a shot. If they're not, then all bets are off. Forget about Little's Law. So yep, so that's number one. Average arrival rate equals average departure rate. Okay. So what else? We covered two. What so we else? covered, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I guess we covered two. That's, that's yes. the second one. Well, this is actually a test for Pratik to see if he can come up with all five. I, I, I struggle. I'll be honest with you. I struggle to come up with all five. Because one, one of them, there's a debate. A friend of ours, his name is Frank Vega. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say that we, we debate, but we constantly question. The, the, the fifth one, we're, we, we think the, the fifth one is superfluous. We'll, we'll get to this one in a second, but the fifth I do, one might I do, be superfluous. I do think that at least one of them is almost a derivative of the mm -hmm. other one. Mm-hmm. Because okay, I'm, I'm we're going more. Yeah, anyway. It's like because <laughs> um, because I believe one of them is that your whip shouldn't be changing much. Yep. And so that that's that's the derivative one. Yeah. So this yeah. the what the, the one that follows from average arrival rate equals average departure rate is um, the total amount of work in progress in the system should be at the same from at the beginning of the time period of observation to the end of the time period yeah. of observation. Yeah. Those two things have to be the same. Uh, and if they're not, uh, you, you know, you're, you're not going to get a good application of Little's Law. And that's the thing. If, if you have your average, arri if you have arrival rate, average arrival rate equal average departure rate, it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, for your whip to change over time. It's going to be yeah, really, exactly. really hard for that to happen. It's, and I think, again, I don't remember all five right now. I remember the one about the age not changing or the yep. age not not increasing the average age yep. not increasing yep we'll get to that one too yeah <laughs> what yep we'll get to that one too yeah. um but, but uh, one at a time yeah one at a time one at a time but yeah uh, in any case so so if as dan said if if your average arrival and average departure are the same it 
almost by definition says that your whip overall is not changing. Your whip overall is the same. Now, or on average, the same. Yep. Which I guess I guess the debate there is: Are you in our heads? Are we really using Little's law to prove Little's law? Yeah, it's, it's, it's it is fairly circular. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Um, but this, by the way, this, this one, this, this second assumption that, you know, work in progress is essentially constant. Um, this is exactly why Kanban people out there harp on controlling work in progress, submitting work in progress, whether they know it or not, this is why they're doing it. Um, because I think, I think we've mentioned this a few times before. If you don't have that assumption taken care of, if you don't have, um, more or less consistent with. We know things happen, it won't always be constant. But if you don't have more or less consistent whip, you have very little shot at actually running a predictable, stable system. Right. It's, and it, as, as Dan was saying right now, it follows from Little's Law. Yep. All of that can be traced back to, to, to Little's Law. So this is why next time you're, you're a Kanban coach, harps on you for not controlling work appropriately. It's because in Dr. Little's proof of Little's law, he said, you have to do this if you want to be predictable, essentially. Okay, so those, those are the three, those are three, three assumptions so far. Consistent, uh, consistent units, mm -hmm. average arrival rate equals average departure rate. Um, work in progress must stay roughly constant over the, yep. the, the life of the, the calculation. What were the, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the fourth that, one. That uh, average age, of items and then if, if you are watching these in order pre previous episode we spent a good amount of time talking about age the average age should not be changing a lot it shouldn't be going up by a lot it shouldn't be going down by a lot and so can you can you explain a little bit because this is this is something that i don't think is clear to many people so can you explain how how in the world if i'm doing these other things if i'm if i've got average arrival rate equals average departure rate and i'm controlling work in progress how could age possibly change over time how, i mean why is that even a concern yeah it's 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 again if you are if you're used to looking at a at a cumulative flow diagram if you're used to looking at a cfd and you've been taught over and over again that you know, top line is arrival, bottom line is, uh, is departures, and the, the horizontal distance there is the average cycle time. Well, if they're parallel, then how in the world can, can, can one of those units be out of whack? Well, the thing is the cycle time's not out of whack, but what can happen is you can, let's say we usually have a whip of three. So three things, come, uh, we, have, we usually have three things in the system. Something comes in, what, as soon as something goes out, we pull the next thing in. Something goes out, we pull the next thing in. It is very possible that we have one thing in our system that has just been active for months while other things have been going in and out in two to three days. At that point, the average age in the system will keep increasing a lot. It'll keep going up because that one thing has been active for such a long time and our average age will, will keep going up. And as soon as that thing goes out, our average age will dramatically drop. So right. you and, can, and our average cycle time will dramatically will dramatically increase. go up. Yep. Exactly. So while, even though you maintain whip, even though your arrival rate matches your departure rate, that equation all of a sudden falls apart because you know you've had this one thing lying around forever. Right. And 
some of the causes of why those things might lie around forever um, are, and, and this is another, I, I don't forget, we had this on the board too, we got to talk about variability, but some, some of the causes are things that we're doing um, purposely that maybe you've been told that you should be doing that you really shouldn't. Um, and, but then there's also these things that are external to the process that are causing. So, you know, for example, let's start with the external stuff. You know, you might have an external dependency that causes an item to get blocked. And so it just sits there and it sits there and it sits there and it sits there. And the whole time it's blocked, remember that age is going up and up and up and up, just like Pratik is saying. That age is going up. Stuff's flowing around it. Stuff's getting done. But that one particular thing is sitting there um, and its age is going up. So that's one thing that could cause Little's Law to get all out of whack. Another thing, usually a much more common thing, is policies that you've put in place. Like what is a, what is a policy that you might put in place that could cause cert, certain items to age where other, other items don't? What, can can yeah. you talk a little bit about what was we, we could say that um, when we do research, we'll, we don't really need to define any acceptance criteria for research. We can just go do research. As opposed to other things, you know, there needs to be acceptance criteria so that whenever, it's, whenever we know when it's done, but research is going to be this open-ended thing where you know we need to figure out what Kubernetes is. <laughs> Go and find that out. Don't remember. <laughs> remember, kids, kids watching at home, do not do not look into a mir mirror and say Kubernetes five times. Yeah, bad, th no. bad things will happen if, if you. Way is too scary. Yeah, you don't. Um, you, you definitely but, don't want that. Um, the, the thing, the thing that I was thinking more about, because I have to mention this. I think it's the law. Every time I do a video, I have to mention. What about expedites? Yeah. No, uh, what about an expedited process? That that's a good thing, right? I mean, from a little small perspective, that's a good thing, isn't it? Isn't it pretty? Yeah, because it never ages. Expedites <laughs> don't age. Yeah. I mean, they, they they literally fly through. So yeah. what's wrong? Well, I mean, I, I don't understand. They come in, they go out. What's wrong, Dan? Why 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 not? They 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 help lower cycle time. <laughs> okay. So 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 tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong because I don't believe that expedites lower cycle time. Um, yeah. how, how, <laughs> if, you, if you if you if you really do accept Little's law to be true, if you have actually, <laughs> hopefully you'll see that because of an expedite, everything else in your system is going to age. When you pick up an expedite, you, what you're saying is when you when you put a whip on your board, what you're saying is we're capable of handling what as in our prior previous example, three things at a time. So when we move an expedite through the through the through there, what we're saying is we're going to take resources away from those three things, and devote them to this expedite. So by definition, one of those three things at least is going to age more than it should have, uh, if if uh, we didn't have the expedite. So yep. while an expedite is essentially stealing cycle time from something else. That's 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 exactly that's exactly right, kids. Um, <laughs> It, it creates something that, that I call flow debt. Um, mm -hmm. That again, we should maybe should do a whole a whole video on. So those are three. We should, we should write these down on the magic whiteboard, wherever that magic whiteboard is. But uh, cumulative oh, flow yeah. debt. I, I, I got an easel. I just haven't put it up yet. Uh, it's classic critique. Yeah. So cumulative flow diagrams, variability, flow debt. We should we should talk about all of those things. Um, but so I, I hope that makes sense. While critique is writing these things down, I hope that I hope that all makes sense. Is you know, uh, you you may have been told that ex an expedite process is not only good, but is potentially a necessary, a required part of designing a Kanban system. No, it is absolutely not. It's one of the worst things you can do from a predictability perspective. Just to, to be clear, from a predictability perspective, 
one of the worst, worst, worst things you, you can do. Okay, so and now, so now, so that's four. We got four. So consistent units, average arrival rate equals average departure rate. Work in progress roughly stays constant. And um, average age roughly stays constant. Now the fifth one, and this is, this is, this is a, I mean, I, I'm, I keep saying, well, this is a fairly important one. Obviously, they're all important. They're all assumptions. They all have to be, they all have to be there. But this is one I think that gets missed a lot. Um, and I'm surprised you don't know this because this is kind of big on, on your, on your thing too. Shall I, shall I give it to you? Shall I kill the, so the last thing is that for the course of the period under observation, everything that enters the process has to exit the process. Right. And again, this one's kind of derivative of age. Kinda, uh, it's kind of like, if you're, if you're maintaining again, and this is probably because Little's Law is so banged into my head. It's like, if you're maintaining width and you're watching age, yeah. most likely everything that enters exits, but, but, but there are cases where things that enter don't necessarily exit. They yeah. and, and a great example of where something might enter but not exit is you're working on something and all of a sudden you figure out, wow, this thing is just not valuable. We're, just, we're not mm -hmm. going to do it anymore. And a lot of teams, what they will do at that point is they will just simply delete it off their board. That's yeah. it. Never, never to be heard from again. Or it was and, the wrong thing to pick up. And yep. yeah. But so they just delete it off the board. It's just, it's just gone. Um, that is one of the worst things you can do. It's not, okay, let me, I want to be clear. <laughs> it's great that you're canceling it. It's great that you figured out that we don't need this and we need to cancel it. But the worst thing you can do like from a Little's Law predictability perspective is just delete it off the board mm -hmm. um, so that you've lost all record or any indication of that. Instead, what, what, what are some options of things that we could do, Pratik, instead of just, just deleting it off the board? What, what should uh, we be the, doing? The, 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 at the end of the day, what you're trying to say is, was this work valuable in some sense or not? But what, whatever we have accomplished. If it was valuable in some sense, if, 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 if it's something that should stay a part of the product we're building or whatever that is, we should, we should make sure that it's tested, whatever we were doing with it, and actually close it and include it as a part of the product. If it's not, at that point, what we probably should do is cancel it. We should probably say, okay, this thing, we brought it in, we worked on this, but it, it wasn't valuable enough by canceling this thing. This way, it's a part of our metrics, we're actually when we look at the other items around it, it'll make sense rather than why are all these items all of a sudden taking a lot longer when this thing got deleted? Yeah. And, and to, be, to be clear, mechanically, what we mean by cancel is you're actually moving the item to done, to some, yeah. some type of done state. You're actually moving it to done. Even though it may not fit your definition of done, it's mm -hmm. moving to some, some finished state and we're somehow tagging it or marking it or whatever, or marking it canceled, you know? Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, you, if, if you're using Jira, you can use a, a tag. If, I mean, if you're keeping your own data, you can just put a label on it or, or, or something, whatever, whatever it is. Um, move it to that done state. So it looks, it looks like it got done, but it's somehow marked canceled. So then when we go and analyze the data, we can, we can choose whether we want to include those cancel items or not. We could filter them out. And like Pratik was saying, we could do an analysis that says, Okay, um, how much stuff did we get done including the canceled stuff? How much stuff did we get done not including the canceled stuff? How much is this canceled stuff really costing us in terms of, of effort and throughput and, and all of these things? Yeah, and it doesn't make the other stuff around it that did not get canceled look like outliers when they really weren't. 
right. because you, you, your effort was going towards this cancelled thing. So, yep. So, so to review, those, those, those are the, these, these are the five assumptions that if you don't have these in place for Little's Law to work, you cannot apply Little's Law. So, again, consistent units, average arrival rate equals average departure rate, um, work in progress roughly constant, average age roughly constant, and all work that enters the process exits the process. Mm -hmm. Okay, what? So, okay, so what? <laughs> okay, great. Now, now we've done you know, a much more, much more detailed treatment of Little's Law and the assumptions. So what? You just told me, Dan, I can't plug numbers into this equation. Why do I even care? I don't, can, you, can you start talking about why, why, why do I even care about these assumptions? You know, this is 40 minutes of my life that I've just wasted listening to you guys drone on about Little's Law. Well, you've only wasted it if you weren't drinking while we were drinking. That's so. fair. <laughs> That's fair. So, um, Little's Law, help, in my opinion at least, helps you understand your system a lot better than many other things do. When you look at your system and see how long things were taking, the first place you would want to go is, was my whip too high? Did the did, did throughput slow down for some reason or did cycle time drop for some other reason? But how, what sort of an effect did a change in policies have on, on my system? But the only way you can actually trust Little's Law to, to understand your system is if you're if you're actually following these assumptions if you actually if these assumptions hold true you can use little's law to understand what's been happening in your system and what if any improvements that you've made what kind of an effect they had on your system otherwise all the data you collect is probably irrelevant there could be so, if you're violating those assumptions that data might be more noise than signal yeah, it's 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 so 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 true, and we 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 keep quoting our our good friend Frank Vega. We should probably have him on the show at some point. We because, probably should, um, because he. What do um, think? We don't know. We, if he doesn't yeah. drink whiskey, I'm not sure. That's the thing. I, that's that's the problem. I don't know what he would drink, but I bet you we talk him into drinking something. Yeah. But anyway, um, one of one of Frank Vega's favorite sayings is he'll he'll say things like, um, "Your policies shape your data, and your data shape your policies." Uh, and this, that's the real reason that you study Little's Law is because all those assumptions that we just listed out are a guide to process policies that you should have in place. That anytime you stray from these policies, like anytime we have a policy that allows us to, that allows age to increase, you know, e.g. expedites. Any policy that we have that allows, you know, um, items to get um, deleted from the system. You know, um, any policies that we have that start to violate Little's Law, we can expect our predictability will suffer, right? It will. I mean, like this, that, that's the mathematical fact of Little's Law. The second you start violating those assumptions, you will not have a predictable process. That's why understanding these assumptions is so, so, so important. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal your words, which Little's Law is like gravity as long as you live in this universe you're not going to escape little's law uh, and and again it helps us understand our system and more importantly it helps us understand the changes we make to our system um, and how they affect our system again given that those assumptions are, are held yep. so that's i mean i don't know we've we, we probably could talk for another 
45 minutes or so on Little's Law and why, and why it's so important. Um, there, I wish th this is going to sound conceited, but I'm going to say it anyway because I've already had a whole whiskey. Um, and that, by the way, that's how we, we know it's, it's time. We got to call time on this episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, my whiskey's empty. Um, I wish I could point you to a lot of resources that say, go read this and, and you will understand Little's Law, but there aren't. Um, I mean, really, you kind of have to go to back to those original proofs. You really have to go read, read the original, um, what, what Dr. Little had in, in mind and the evolution of those proofs over the year, years. Um, every, every so often, Dr. Little will, will publish an update on, on his thoughts on Little's Law. And they're, they're fascinating, fascinating, fascinating reads. So I, I highly, this is one of those things where you, you have to go, go to the source uh, to, to really understand this stuff. And anytime you see a, a blog by somebody whose name is not Dr. Little, you should question that, you know, because they probably don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I'll give you the last word on this. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to say. Uh, well, it's, it's, Little's Law is, is, is literally the way we have all made our whiskey last across the whole pandemic, which is opening all the bottles and drinking a little bit out of all of them. <laughs> yeah. Because there was literally no arrival and only departure happening. <laughs> so um, yeah, just just pay pay attention to those to, to, to whip and age and that that will make sure you can actually trust what's happening with your data to, to assess if things are getting better or not. So with that, um, on, on behalf of Pratik, on, on behalf of the real star of the show, Nisha, who looks like she's perked up a little bit. Is it, is it whiskey yeah, time for her now? Need another whiskey, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. On behalf of Nisha, uh, my name is, is Daniel Vacanti. Uh, keep drinking whiskey, and we will see you in the next episode of Drunk Agile. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.